0: Transgender visibility is at an all-time high, and it is becoming more and more normalized as time goes by. But there is still a lot of work to be done to ensure that transgender citizens are guaranteed the same basic human rights as everyone else. Sadly, violence towards transgender individuals continues to grow, especially towards trans women of color, and suicide rates are alarmingly high among those in the trans community, as studies have shown that as many as half of all adolescent trans men have attempted suicide in their lifetime. The hope is that with awareness these numbers can change. Today we are joined by a man from Eugene who is a proud representative of the trans community. Coming up next on the Spent the Rent podcast, Trans Rights with Ash Boger. Welcome to the Spent the Rent Podcast. I am your host, Self-Esteem Bo Willie. My guest today talking about trans rights is Ash Boger. Ash, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. So this has been a long time coming. We've been working together now for a little, about a year. And we had talked about doing this and there's been different scheduling conflicts and whatnot. But we finally got you in, in the studio to do this podcast. This is a really tough topic and I appreciate you coming out and sharing your story. This is huge. Uh, I want to give a little bit of a disclaimer before we we get into this, because obviously with this topic, it's a little heavy on the emotion. So, you know, this, first of all, this is going to be, we're going to be talking about trans rights. I I really, in my heart of hearts, feel like my heart is in the right place with this issue. So uh, there's going to be people that are going to listen, that there's going to be some terms and some labels thrown out that are probably going to be cringy. And I just want you guys to listen and bear with us. That this is your story. Obviously, one individual cannot represent, if, though you are a proud representative of the LGBTQ community, you are still one person, right? Right. So, so I want to kind of just, just. we're not going to tread lightly. We're going to speak candidly, and we're just going to be honest, and we're going to talk about just everything that we can about the issue, comedy, and a lot of the different things that have came up in the recent you know, news and headlines and whatnot. But there's going to be some stuff that I, I know that some people are going to find cringy. And for that, I just appreciate you pushing through and listening to this because I think, you know, obviously our hearts are in the right place.
1: Yeah, and I'm going to do my best to be as politically correct and um, and informative and, and and as possible without uh, really complicating things too much. I'm just going to kind of do my best to break everything down into layman's terms from... From uh, from where I see it,
0: and that's it. So I mean, right off the bat, I wanted to talk about. Uh, there's a big difference in. I think a lot of times people don't have a true understanding of this, that there's a difference between gender, sex, and orientation. So maybe you can speak on this. Uh, yeah, go ahead.
1: Um, you know, I. You know, I. I'm. I'm still kind of early on in my transition. Uh, I'm only about three years along in it. Uh, I'm still. You know, before my transition, uh, before I started this journey, I had no idea any about any of terms or um, what it meant to be queer or gender fluid or anything like that. Um, I was raised pretty uh, sheltered from from anything that was different from my parents' views, so from what i from what i understand uh sex is really what you're what you're born with the 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 primary sex characteristics you know kind of essentially physically what you have and what you're assigned at birth and then uh gender is more um is is kind of going more into gender identity which essentially translates into gender roles like
0: society's norms like essentially you know and a lot of people are now saying that that gender is a social construct, not just saying it like medical journals are saying this, yeah. you know, so that society has kind of these expectations and and I'm, I'm pretty vocal on this that, you know, I don't think length of hair should define gender. Yeah, not you, know, at all. you know what I mean? And stuff like that, like putting on a dress, for example, does not define your gender. But that being said, there is times when, and we're going to talk about this more in a little bit, but people in the trans community will feel more comfortable when those kind of quick tells are something that people will perceive, you know? So like a shorter haircut or a quote unquote masculine haircut, for example. Uh So that's to the individual that they should have those rights. You know what I mean? To to do what they do.
1: Yeah, and that's essentially what America is supposed to be, is just a bunch of people coming together and and sharing their different cultures and sharing their different styles and and, kind of coagulating with each other and people from other um, um, walks of life and people who've been raised in different ways and people with different views. You know, this is really where it gets down to the nitty-gritty of um, are you willing to expose yourself to views and styles and cultures that are different than which you were first primarily exposed to sure and um you know the thing when i go back to gender roles you know going back to that i you know i'm doing some research on that and kind of speaking and what i've heard with people in my own community is essentially gender is something gender is nothing and is everything like gender is a scale it's gender it's fluid like um, there's some people like myself who uh, I feel very very comfortable being masculine. I've always been masculine. That's something I've always identified with. Um, there's some people that love uh, uh, love the feeling of being a woman and, and 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 you know doing all that stuff. And then there's people who kind of who kind of land right in the middle, or or you know they or their agender. They whereas they have no gender at all. So uh, there's so many different. Um, identities and and, uh, and forms of, ex- of expressing oneself um, that people are comfortable with. And we kind of, I've come to find that um, even if you don't always understand why someone is dressing a certain way or why they have that style or whatever, even if you don't understand why they're doing the things that choose to make them happy, you should just respect the fact that they're doing things to make themselves happy.
2: Sure. And, and I think
0: it's pretty easy to read, not easy, but it's, it's worth a try to read if you can ask, because it some people they're going to be turned off to it. They're going to be like, I don't want to talk about it, you know, but a lot of people are open about these kind of things. Yeah.
1: I you found know. that if you, when you, you know, there's been, um, as a trans man myself, um, you know, I've found that I was not always politically correct and I was not always great in my initial approach, uh, with other members of my community, my community. So I had to do some research and really some self insight to, Figure out how to communicate better and and uh, help people uh, and myself in in getting in finding things to help us affirm like affirm our gender and like the gender that we identify with. I've always kept my hair short. Uh, I had gender affirming surgery uh, in December. Um, I was laid up for a couple months, and you know that's that's kind of the that's where. That's how far people are willing to go to, uh, they're willing to submit themselves to medical science to, um, to finally feel like the person that they are on the inside. Right. And so that's, that a, the that's a lifelong journey. Know,
0: because, okay, so... Real quick, we we mentioned there's gender, there's sex, there's orientation. Orientation would be who you're attracted to.
1: That's right, yeah. And who you're attracted to has nothing to do at all with with your own gender identity. Right,
0: and so you know, obviously the LGBTQ community is is broad. There's a lot of different. You know, you've got lesbians, gays, bisexual, yeah,
1: and queer, queer being queer being kind of the actually the queer community. Yeah, queer being. I don't really like the term umbrella term, but that's kind of in in the in the limited research I have done. That's kind of what I found is queer. The queer community is kind of the the overshadowing term there, and then uh, lesbian, gay, trans, transgender, agender. They kind of all fall beneath it. Sure,
0: but today we're focusing on trans, right? Right, Pr- primarily, you know, yeah. and so. You know, when, when was it, I'm always kind of hesitant with this question of like, when did you know? Because I think when you just like anyone else grew up with society standards. Yeah. So obviously there. so my mom was, is a lesbian and she told me that she knew very young that she was attracted to women. Oh
1: yeah. I know.
0: Now that being said, she didn't know that there was such a thing as a lesbian
1: that's right yeah <laughs> you know i kind of just was, i kind of just spent my entire my entire childhood thinking i was just weird and uh, I, I mean you are but like <laughs> not I, I not because of disagree. anything
0: else you know no we're friends we're that's why I, I love you is because we're both weird oh yeah you know you know so but uh it, it she told me straight up she's like i knew something was different about yeah. me as a child and so because so a lot of times people that they say if you were Cis is what they call it, correct?
1: Cis, uh, Cis, that's the term, uh, the correct term for someone who uh, identifies with the the gender, the the, sex that they were born born with. Right.
0: And so she said that people, for, you know, she tried to teach me that for people to understand what it was to be gay, Uh and this was in the early 90s when she came out to us, that it's easier for them to understand if, if you just say they were born that way. Well, she was. But she didn't really know. I mean, how are you supposed to know your orientation when you're four?
1: Yeah. And I mean, you know, I remember uh, I knew that I liked girls, uh, women, uh, when I was eight years old. And my friend, my best friend, Riley Umpress, kissed me on the cheek after a super stellar game of kickball at uh, on the elementary school uh on the elementary school playground. And she was so excited. She gave me a kiss on the cheek. And I was just standing there in like my overalls, I had Demi, Demi Moore short hair, you know, cause my mom was still dressing me at that point. And, uh, uh, that's kind of just when I knew, but I, I never said anything to my parents. Um, my uncle, uh, was gay and, uh, you know, he, I kind of talked to him a little bit about it here and there, but, um, I'm the oldest of five children, and I was raised with a kind of devout Christian family, and so those that was just not something I was comfortable bringing up to my parents at the time, and so you know my parents actually never even had the birds and bees talk with me. They kind of when I when I kind of let them know that I liked that I liked members of the same sex, uh, uh, they kind of just told me it was a phase and that I would grow out of it. In sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade, freshman year. Never really grew out of it, and I just started getting more um, resistant to the labels and the and the ex- expectations that people, including my parents, were laying on me. So I just fought harder and harder and harder, and um, until I reached a point where I was really not liking life at all. And I was starting to suffer. My character was starting to suffer. And I knew that I had to make a change eventually. Right. And you'd mentioned labels and that's good
0: because I wanted to touch on this, that this is one of the cringy things that we're going to be throwing out straight up. And I'm aware of that, that there's so many labels, you know, that in your experience, in your story, lesbian, transgender man, mm-hmm. you know, and all these things that have changed and evolved. But there's one thing that, in that you now know is clear that was never in question is that what your gender is and that you're a man
1: yeah and I'm really thankful for for how self-aware I am um, I had to train myself and really look inside to find out what it is I want and what it is who 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 it is I am um, because the, the world is such a loud and, and noisy place there's constantly expectations being put on other people and uh, going through this transition was probably the most selfish thing. I've ever done, and it's—I wouldn't change a thing. Um, you know, finally making the conscious choice to be selfish and just seek what I need in order to survive. And I—I I know what you mean. Being you selfish know. isn't always a bad thing. Oh no, that's definitely a good thing. So that you know, that was a—that was a big part of the transition. And uh, you know, labels. I'm not a huge fan of labels, but I find—I found that it's just in human nature to put people in boxes when to—to to best make sense out of things that quickly. they don't understand. Yeah, yeah quickly.
0: Because it, this is something that takes a lot of a lot of depth of thought, you know, right. for people to really wrap their head around. So
1: much self-awareness.
0: Sure, of everyone. Of mm-hmm. And, you know, one of the quotes that you told me when I had first met you, which was just amazing, you told me that we're all in transition. Yeah. That society is in transition. And that, to me, because I, just like anybody else, I have my trepidations my hesitations on how to approach this topic because people are very sensitive about it and and rightfully so Rightfully, you know and so i've been really cautious on how i approach it but you told me that you said that well we're all in transition and I, i took a deep breath
1: and was like oh man so it's okay to be wrong sometimes it is okay to be wrong and uh you know my parents they use my right pronouns these days and um i'm uncle ash definitely to the family but um, I wasn't always that way, and it's it's taken three years for my just my family to finally start using the right pronouns. Um, but you know, nothing really f- makes me feel like the the best uncle than when I walk in my family's house and my five year old nephew my five year old nephew comes running up to me and he's like, "Uncle Ash is here!" Right? You know, that's, that's definitely really the and, best feeling. You know,
0: it's understandable for somebody to have a challenge with it when they've known you a certain way, right? And and it it's just such a difficult thing, especially with teens and even younger
1: that are now. I don't know the youngest age of like actual surgery. Um, I believe that you're not. I don't think that. I don't know. I I know that if you're on state insurance, they really won't approve it until you're you know like of a of a good age. Sure. You know, um, at like at least eighteen. Um, I I think I've heard maybe one or two instances of um someone like maybe sixteen or seventeen who had a gender affirming surgery with their parents permission um, which was required but I think um, usually they they make you wait it out till you're 18 and you know I have mixed feelings this is not going to be a very popular uh, observation but I have mixed feelings about um, people who youngins who choose to transition at a really young age like I'm hearing about like 10 11 12 and that's just such a malleable age that I really encourage parents you know if if you if you support your your child who's that young and that early on in the transition and that they're that self aware at that young of an age, uh, that's great. But I would encourage you just to look in, really do your research about all the medical science and uh, you know uh, things that you're going to be that you're going to have to be willing to subject yourself to, and um, including societal expectations as well. Um, so this is where I have this, is, and I agree.
0: To an extent, I think, right. but 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 uh, this is where it's difficult because like wearing a dress or short hair, oh, like, no, I, like yeah. I mentioned before, if you have a, a, pers- a, a, a child born male, okay, Ooh. and they say they want to wear a dress and be called she, I would honor that, yeah. you know, because you I can't, think they, because you the right have thing. to embrace that that's just totally acceptable for you to be you, you yeah. know, because individuality is what's important to me. Yeah. I mean, to an extent when you're raising a kid, you do want them to conform to you right? <laughs> a little bit, you know, but at the same time, You have to allow that or there could be bigger issues. Right. Now, as far as like really indulging in it, it's like, ah, that's the, you know, how do you have to make this decision today?
1: Right. You You know, know, that's where I'd say, you know, start, I mean, you know, throw on that dress and let them play with the Barbies and the lipstick and whatnot, you know. But as far as like starting any medical procedures, I really just encourage everyone you know uh people in transition and they're out and there's people in their support their support network sorry uh to really just look into you know the what messing around with the hormones and stuff can really do at a young age. So you're just, talking about actual like. I'm talking about hormones, not hormonal change. Yeah, I'm talking about you know if, if someone I've heard of you know 13, 14 year olds who are wanting to start hormones like at, at, that early, and man, that is just so scary. That's it's difficult. You couldn't pay me to be 13, 14 again, you know, even without the hormones. You know, you got enough hormones going. The natural on hormones. Yeah, exactly. yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. so um, that's tough. Yeah, and
0: so you know, and then uh, I just kind of made a quick reference to pronouns so obviously pronouns is something that as time goes by it's getting easier and easier for people to adapt right you know but it is a challenge and you had mentioned with your family how the challenges of pronouns and so if anybody's listening and they're confused what i mean it's that when you can you explain it when you
1: pronoun is just pretty much the pronouns is you know pretty much you're going back to that that uh english class in high school the pronouns he him um she, her. So, in in the last, I don't know, they, five them. years or whatnot, people have started
0: to kind of come to terms with the fact that it's a choice on what pronoun you want to be, I- right. be identified
1: as. Yeah, You mean, you don't, obviously you don't choose you don't choose to uh, you don't choose to be transgender, but you it, it's a choice. It's a it is a choice to uh, go by a different pronoun um, than what you were originally signed. Exactly, birth. and it's also a choice people respecting you that's their choice as well and if someone doesn't respect you in your transition and they're not helping you they're hurting you right and so you, you, you just can't in your transition yourself. you cannot afford to have stagnant people around you either need 100 percent full go support or or you need to get out of my way right and so
0: i mean it's obviously people slip up you know With it, especially if they've known you through the transition or or before the transition. Right.
1: And there's people who still slip up, but they correct themselves right away. And that's what I really care about. I don't get mad when someone slips up. People people rarely slip up anymore because I am now passing, meaning passing is a... you start to look like the gender that you right. identify with, and you know me being on hormones for the past two and a half years, I have a beard now. You know, I got the body hair, the little guy beer beer gut, you know, all that, and so I, I people, I, I just told a friend of mine the other day that I that I was transgender. She's known me for about two years, and she had no idea. Yeah. And that's got to be a good feeling. Oh man, it it was was very. It felt really good.
0: You know, and this is the difficult thing because we want a society that's just all accepting. That's naive. You know what I mean? So, so so we want to think that that's not the concept, and we want to have this mindset when you say that gender is a social construct. You want
1: to be like, okay, cool. We can just turn off what we think. Right. You know what I mean? It's hard to just take everything you know, you've ever been taught and or know, and just forget it. But I do think that. In today's society, every, everyone's adapting, everything's adapting, you know, uh, the economy's changing, everything's changing, and I feel like this should just be one of those things that you ride the change with as well. Right.
0: I just, I have to emphasize how much I appreciated that comment when you had said we're all in transition, because a yep. lot of times for someone, in my perspective, okay. And I'm not, obviously I, I, I'm not the victim. There's no victim in that, in, no. in this situation that I mean, you're not, you're not, not the one but, going the truth. But for me, transition. there's a lot of times where you want to speak openly and you want to talk openly, but you're kind of like, Oh, I don't know. I don't know how this is going to be perceived. So you don't, right. so you don't say something. And that's actually dangerous because right. if you can't speak your mind and your heart with good intentions, then you're maybe not gonna make progress as fast. Right. You know, because conversation and understanding is a two-way thing. Yeah. You know, with individuals to working together. This transition co- has taught co- me so much about coagulating with your friends as you said yeah, earlier. Yeah. I thought that was hilarious. Blending. But, but so so it's important, you know, and so when you had said that to me, because you had started working with us and I had met you and I mean at first I was like, I don't know if this see i'm very progressive politically and i wouldn't call myself a social justice warrior but i you're aware a, you i'm are. aware but they and am i woke i don't even care about the, the labels uh. but here's the thing that when there is a fear especially working on a college campus, that it's going to be such an aggressive tone that you're going to have to censor yourself constantly and you oh, can't. Yeah. And, you know, we're going to talk in a little bit about comedy and the dangers of comedy towards marginalized individuals. Right. We'll get into that. But any anyone, me included, will be like, Whoa, I better watch it a little bit. And I'm not trying to downplay the reasons that people might have these strong views, because I think it's valid oh, yeah. that people have these strong views and are, and the causes that they're fighting for. And I had an individual, he was a young young man, and he was he was an ally. I don't think, uh, I'm pretty sure he told me he was straight, but he was an ally to the community, to the LGBTQ okay. community, right? But he was going to the U of O, and he would self-proclaim feminist, okay? Which is fine. I'm a feminist in a lot of ways. Yeah. But that being said, he was extreme. <laughs> and so what he told me, was that we need to not hold the door for women? And I was like, I hold the door for everybody. and these I do, things, I hold the door for everybody. these different things, you know, and this is a conversation everybody's having. and the and the dangerous thing about the conversation a lot of times is it can downplay the validity of somebody trying to stand up for what they believe in at all. And that's not my intention, right. So so I was like, oh, man, I'm teaching my kids to have respect and so like if it's an older woman like a grandma style older woman you're gonna respect that woman you're not going to disrespect her even you put her on a pedestal even more than you would treat right i'm all about you should treat all elders with respect yeah so, th- so it's that simple i got a special but there's place in a my certain, heart for grandma exactly there's a certain <laughs> code of ethics that i'm still trying to teach my stepsons. you know or help they're they're adults at this point almost but you know and so it's just important to still teach that code and 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 I, we were talking about pronouns and how much of a challenge it is for, I, I have a hard time asking someone, like, what is your preferred pronoun? Because then I'm making an assumption that they may be trans, may not be trans, may, you know, so it's just difficult.
1: I don't know. I feel like any decent person, uh, you know, whether they're a trans or, or transgender or gen, uh, gender non-gender non-conforming, is a is a really great term. Pretty much, just you're not conforming to you know the gender you were assigned with at birth. Um, I think any for any gender non-conforming person to, uh, to have that question asked of them, I feel like even someone who's who's not under the queer umbrella you know uh, you never know if they may be an ally um i feel like any reasonable person is gonna react well or just very normally to you asking you know i i've actually never heard of anyone getting i've never heard of anyone not in one instance of someone getting upset when asked what their pronoun was i mean i've heard i've seen i'm at there's been a few guys i've asked because i wasn't sure and they just kind of looked at me funny and they're like i'm a dude." And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, all right, cool. That's awesome. Yeah. So my twinsies. And but and I, mean, I have respect
0: for that. I have respect for the putting yourself out there because I've seen it. I've seen and I, I have watched and observed the way that you handle that situation. Yeah. You'll and, have someone and see, this is where I have a hard time with it. Is asking
1: that, someone's pronouns has paid off for me. I bet. more often I than bet. not, because there has been a few times where someone was like, gave me a different answer than what I would have sure. guessed. And, and that's I was kind like, of—I'm so glad I asked. Almost yeah.
0: your goal of why you put yourself out there to trip yeah. on your own foot is because you're willing to be. You're, you're basically like
1: I'm I willing I to risk know. it to be relatable. Exactly, I'm willing and to. S- I'm willing to risk feeling minutely uncomfortable for a few minutes, like in a social in a social setting, for me to be um accurate and for me to uh, and to be appropriate and, and and correct. Right. And I've seen that. You know, I've seen
0: people come and see that's I just have such a hang up with it because when it's somebody we're just gonna say a woman uh Society yeah. women with short Fem- hair, Fem- just short hair, yeah. right? And so maybe, and in I hate these labels, but it's reality is yeah. maybe you look at this person, and you're like, I wonder if that woman's a lesbian. Yeah, is is, is what would that's yeah, you know? and that's where. And my- then you ask, what well, what pronouns do you prefer? And then the, they're like, "What? Like I'm a straight woman? Like what, yeah. you know? What do and you if mean?" They, but
1: if they get upset about that, or <coughs> they they get offended by you asking such a simple question, then there's clearly something wrong with their they. Then there's something insecure going on underneath the surface. I it's feel just, like it's just they get t- weird out. I'm it's upset. just
0: difficult when you when you pride yourself on being. Somebody that's a social chameleon, like a social butterfly, yeah. and you just and then all of a sudden you you're thrown so, so, so out of your comfort zone, and you don't know how to navigate it, right? And so, I mean, I'll admit it that that's something that I've had a challenge with, yeah. And I'm willing to learn and grow, and I and I do it every day, but oh, yeah. So, we were going to talk about. I did mention it in the intro about violence and mm-hmm. violence in the trans communities is why we're doing this. Essentially, yeah. is is one of the things we had mentioned. We called this episode "Trans Rights" for a reason, and there's. You know, an alarming rate of suicide because of issues of being, you know, confused, unaccepted, you know, pushed constantly. Because, like you said, your family, who's now very supportive, you know. Yeah, for the most part. For the most part. But, you know, they grew up conservative home and... And I want to say something about that too because there's a ton of people that label or con, or consider themselves Republican conservatives that have been on the right side of this issue. Right. Maybe not the way that they vote, you know, you know, and that's the unfortunate reality and we could be here forever. We're not really trying to get into the politics. But there is people, especially with the LGBT community as a whole, you look at like even Dick Cheney, who mm-hmm. I can't believe I'm defi- I'm defending him. He was on the wrong side of it until he decided he's doing a disservice to his daughter. Yeah,
1: and you I know? think that's I think sometimes it takes um, something uncomfortable hitting dangerously close to home to ch- to make you have a change of heart. Yeah. Um, sometimes it's it's kind of just like a Hallmark movie, like something you're you're dead set in your ways, and then sure. something comes along, and you turns out your you know your child falls under that demographic, and then all of a sudden you have a change of heart because it totally it's hitting different. home. It's it's personal for you. And I think that's the the
0: big thing that that makes people fall left or right mm-hmm. naturally is that. For empath, empathetic people, I don't know how to say the word. I think you, you got it. <laughs> empaths or whatever. The empaths. Pe- empaths. They will typically fall left because of the facts that they think outside themselves and they want what's best for the most possible. And people. they are
1: anything but self-serving. They A are. Lot, I they, mean, they'll they'll give and give till they bleed.
0: It's. I wish it was that simple because there's people on both sides of the aisle that are are definitely out for their own agendas yeah, sure. now that being said that's typically that's why i tend to lean more left is because i do think about people that in situations that it really does not affect me at all right but i want to see a better world so that happens to be the case people on the right tend to be a little bit more like let's just focus on personal accountability and so until they see something firsthand or something that actually affects them they may not be interested in the change yeah, and
1: that's that's definitely what i've seen what i've gathered too
0: and so this is where i don't want to make it a
1: political issue because right. it's not. It's beyond politics with trans rights. This is a human yeah. rights issue. Yeah, this is exactly, I actually said this to someone uh, the other day. Um, it's no. It's, this is not about politics anymore. Uh, that's off the table. Uh, it's coming down to the, n- the nitty gritty Of where you either need to stand up what you believe in Or get the hell out of the way Exactly and, and there's You know there's things There's no room There's no room Here anymore um, There's no room here anymore In society For people who Are wishy-washy Or for people who Just don't want to get involved uh, That's a that's a, privilege, that's a privilege That I wish I was allowed You know People who say Oh I don't want to get into politics Or yeah, You know yeah, exactly. like that. Like when someone says that I'm like Oh how nice it must be To not be affected By anything that's going on Right you know but to be an innocent
0: bystander is yeah, is privileged but
1: exactly. the the trans the the violence on trans people right now it's it's not just about political it's not just about polit- politics anymore this is a, this is a human rights issue we are dealing with a human rights crisis right, right now
0: and you had mentioned you know we, we i mentioned about suicide suicide rates among adolescent teen trans trans men uh adolescents so young adults is like 50 yeah at least have attempted have attempted yeah. suicide which is alarming mm-hmm. you know and i don't know the the success rate you know what i mean but but an attempt or i mean in the thoughts
1: of it and i'd hate to even think about just su- teenagers in general because yeah. i, know, I mean, that, you I'm, know i'm the oldest of five kids if i found out that one of you know one of my siblings was was having trouble with that then i would take that very seriously sure And then, obviously, when we're
0: going to talk about something very difficult with this, a lot of this is difficult, but the trans panic law Uh and violence towards... It's alarmingly high among trans women of color. Uh And a lot of times with, with the economy and it's difficult for people to find their way when they're trans so that to get accepted in an employment setting, because a lot of times people are afraid to hire them because they're like, what if there's issues? What I don't just the you same. Know, will,
1: will I have to, will, you know, will my company have to cover their, is their gender gonna, affirming surgery? That's going to cost too much. Right. Should I even hire this person? Yeah. Are they going to, are they going to, you know, freak out if someone calls them the, yeah, there's, right. and, and, or if I say
0: something off putting, you know, which is, which is, it's, Weak to have that
1: mentality. It's super weak because that just shows that you're not a good leader if you're sure. not willing to face any and all situation, right. you know. But that fear is real yeah. and it ha- exists. And yes.
0: so therefore the, what it does is it turns a lot of people, especially of color, to sex work. Yep. And those individuals are then in situations that it has created this new defense yep
1: called the trans panic law which is in you can describe it a little bit pretty much i mean you know i i i when i speak on things i usually deal mostly in metaphors but pretty much it's where um someone can use the defense of trans panic if you know someone goes home with someone else and then one of those and then partner a finds out that partner b you know still has uh a little something left over from before their transition or something, uh, and, and or they just not the genitals that they were expecting. right. If, if someone thank you, like if someone takes someone home and they are not the genitals that they were expecting, and the person freaks out and kills the trans person, then that's a defense. That's in court. a defense. Like oh judge, I freaked out because I found that they you know actually had a penis and and you know. It wasn't what I expecting, and I just freaked out and killed them. And And then the judge, and then the judge gets to be like, "Oh yeah, I would have, I would have freaked out too." And this, this is a, this is a valid defense. Case dismissed. That's so. That's crazy. Wrong.
0: So nobody, no, there's no reason for murder ever. First of all, now I think that people shouldn't be practicing behaviors with sex that casual. I mean, we've all done it. Well, I don't know about all, but we've all had, you know left the bar or whatever with someone.
1: We mean, we're, all, we're all adults. We sure. we, we're, we can make our own decisions. And and yes, but you have to understand the risks. Right. You, know? you got to be and willing so, to deal with the, the good and bad consequences.
0: Oh my gosh. That's such a crazy thing. And so, I mean, that's the big thing. I, I think a lot of times when you... The, when there's people that are closed-minded, that's the first thing they think about when it comes to
1: trans. They're like, what if I hook up with someone? You know, you know they're not thinking about their individual my, rights. The argument I hear most often, what if it's not really a chick? And it's just like, that's so not correct at all. You know, you shouldn't really be out there hooking up with people if you kind of got that If you mindset. can't tell in
0: one hour. Yeah, for real. Yeah. So that is something that is being worked on heavily in the trans community to fight. Those are some of the human rights we talk about.
1: Along with some of the sanctions, uh, not sanctions, of some of the measures that uh, number 45 has passed um, that are uh, making it, he's pretty much making it to where, I mean, I understand this is where the whole the the right side, um, the right side freedom freedom. run your business how you want. Kind of plays in. Uh, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of measures going into effect right now where our society is going backwards in the way of uh, a lot of trans people are gonna be fired just for being trans, and that's a that's a good standing reason. So they to basically be fired. are trying to make it to where orientation is protected, but sex is not.
0: No, to or, or genders. Yeah, not.
1: orientation is protected, to, but but gender, uh, gender is not.
0: And that's the current administration is pushing. That, yes. yeah, that mm-hmm. it's that your orientation is protected. So if you are gay or bisexual, then that's protected right. by your constitutional rights.
1: Right, but if but you your are gender, gender, and he's already erased. If you go on the, the government websites, all mentions of transgender people have been have erased. been removed. Uh, it's you know and um. This this is I feel that you know someone very wise once told me that history has a way of repeating itself and I do think that history is definitely repeating itself in the worst of ways right right now I mean and that's oh yeah we keep, I, so I have a lot of you know I boxed for four years after my military involvement and that's something that I've still kind of carried with me is I take pride in being able to defend myself and I actually want to help. Uh, other members of the community as well help defend themselves as well because it's coming to that point where words are not just going to do it. Um, I feel like things are definitely going to get worse before they get better.
0: Yeah. That's... uh, So... That's a difficult thing. And, yeah. and to make it political, it's 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 tough. Because this is not something, like I said, I, I want it to be a political issue. And it sucks because we've got such tribalism going on that people are on these teams that they think that they're supposed to feel a certain way. Right. And, and I wish that people could stand up for certain things that their party might be doing that they disagree with. Right. You know, I mean, I saw something <clears throat> proposed, and I've been a long, outspoken Bernie Sanders supporter. And I don't know if this is true, and I need to do more research, <laughs> to be fair. But I saw something proposed that there was a talk that Bernie Sanders is considering a housing for all proposal. And that sounds all fine and good, but at a certain point I have to agree with some people on the right, how the hell are we going to pay for this? Right. So that I'm just using this as an example that, and I don't want to get into that. It's, it's a different story, but the reality is, is that you have to use some sense.
1: You have to be able to call out things that are just flat wrong. Yeah. And I feel like, um, much different issue. People are feeling societal pressure, you know, uh, people are feeling societal pressure to just kind of stand by because they don't want to they don't want to rifle any feathers. They don't want to rock the boat. But the thing is, is I feel like society it, uh, things, social issues are just coming to such a such a head where people are. It's going to it's going to be divided into two sides between right and wrong. And I feel like it's going to be a lot of fighting. And I just really hope that people are prepared for where this is going. Yeah, Um, you know,
0: so, so one of the things that can brew a lot of the discomfort and whatnot is comedy. And, and obviously this has been a hot button issue lately with Dave Chappelle comedy and a lot of people had seen it. Now we had talked about this before we hit record and you hadn't watched it yet. And not because you were not interested more just because you hadn't gotten to it, you know, and we had talked about it and speak on that. Like, what was your feeling when you started hearing all this uproar about Dave Chappelle?
1: You know, I find, you know, and I know that my opinion is going to differ a little bit from uh, other other people I know, friends of mine, pe- people in the, both in and out of the queer community, uh, you know, this is just where it comes down to individual uh, difference of opinion, but uh, I definitely think that, you know, he was, that Dave Chappelle was definitely showing, uh, kind of towing the line between like, okay, what, too much and, you know, funny and like not really funny, uh, but there was a part where there was a part where he did kind of get uh over where it was, it was just too much. Right. You know, and I find that, you know, I think that you, I'm, I'm all about bringing the comodic, com, uh, comedic relief. I am that guy and all my friends where it's like, well, this is awkward. And right. I'm and I'll make and everyone laugh and just break the tension, but and not PC and, the, yeah, and that kind of thing. Yeah. You know, but uh, I definitely think that, you know, if you're going to joke, if you're going to choose a joke about such things and you got to make sure that your jokes don't fall into the wrong hands and that um, it can't be used as ammunition uh, by people who, agree with you to an extent where it's past joking right you know you gotta if if something spirals out of control from a joke that you made you got to be willing to hold accountability social accountability for it right so I just hope that you know um you know I mean I like I I like Dave chappelle he's an okay guy but you know I, I'll, just like him or any other comedian you know you just got to be care, uh, careful and just take social accountability and you know, responsibility it's difficult i watched the whole
0: thing and i watched the epilogue that was on afterwards and i think the big thing in the after the epilogue was that he had talked to how he was doing a show and that there was a trans woman in the audience that was just dying laughing the yeah. entire time right and again it's totally expected and, and acceptable for someone to totally despise it and not want to have anything to do with it it's totally acceptable that's that's almost not surprising. Right. That being said, there's going to be people that have a darker sense of humor that appreciate that, that enjoy it. And they like the concept and he had, they had, they were talking after the show and he, he went up to this woman at the bar and was saying, Hey, I, you know, I hope that you weren't up uh, some of these jokes. And it's like, well, I'm glad you would actually, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but I'm glad you'd say them in front of me, you know, instead of just yeah. behind my back kind of thing. And he said, you know, he said that he makes a lot of jokes about R. Kelly and that people have complained because it normalizes what R. Kelly has done. Right. We don't and, want to normalize and it. And the trans woman to to said to him, bit. well, hopefully your jokes will normalize me.
1: You that's kind of, that's kind of, you know, and that's kind of why I'm on this podcast. I'm, we're, a lot of people don't want this to happen, but I do. Uh, sure. I kind of just want to normalize. I want to normalize the fact that there's more than two genders. You sure. know, there's, it's it's a fluid thing, and people are transitioning. This is happening whether people like it or not, and you can either roll with the tide and be a respectful part of society and, and uh, respect people around you and their, and their wishes as far as pronouns and stuff goes, or you can fight against it, and everyone else is going to think that you're a huge dick. Right. I mean, one of so. the big
0: things for me, it's like, obviously, Joe Rogan's podcast is huge.
1: Right. Right, and I don't
0: know. I haven't watched every episode, and I could be wrong on this, but to my knowledge... I don't think he's had
1: someone that was transgender on you. I think you had said that he had Eddie Izzard. Eddie Izzard, yeah, who is a... Uh I feel like there's a There should be a better term, but cross, pretty much cross-dresser. right? You know, which he's got. He's got great style, um, but you know, there was some people I saw. I saw that po- uh, so Joe, gender jo-
0: fluid is the term. Yeah, right?
1: yeah, and 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 Eddie. You know, they took a picture together, and then all of a sudden, I see some of Joe Rogan's fans like, "Oh, I don't know if I can watch your show anymore, bro." Like you had me until now. Who the f is this? Which guy? is wrong. See, it- which is so stupid because it's like obviously there's something wrong with you right and the person that he always seems to have the conversation
0: about about transgender rights is with ben shapiro which is nonsense
1: yeah that's like having a conversation about women's rights with a with an abusive straight yeah yeah i mean yeah yeah. Yeah, right and
0: and so i mean that was where now granted joe rogan is the king of podcasts totally period and I do think what he's done with his podcast is great in a lot of ways. And if you think that someone's doing everything that you like, they're not doing a good job. Because if you're not, they're not challenging you, then what's the point? Right, exactly. you know. So I do appreciate what he's about. And I do actually watch and enjoy the episodes with Ben Shapiro because of the fact that he buries himself. That he makes an ass of himself. You know, it's the same with the Alex Jones one. I thought it was it was extremely entertaining and the dude is a nutcase.
1: That's my favorite but thing that,
0: to watch. <laughs> seriously. But that being said, Joe Rogan has had people like Tulsi Gabbard. I think he actually endorsed Tulsi Gabbard. And so Joe Joe Rogan's a party affiliation he falls on different sides. So what I had spoke about before about how he, how, how people need to call out people. He hasn't, he, I don't even know if he's right or
1: left. We need to hold, and we we need need more of that. We need to hold each other responsible. Right. Um, you know, if, uh, I'm, I let everyone and anyone around me know that I will not tolerate any bullying or any putting down of, of, uh, anyone unless you're, you know, like, you do something where you, you obviously deserve it but i mean you know as far as well that's bu- not bullying that's a reaction right that's a reaction you know so but as far as you know giving someone a hard time uh for their uh orientation or their ident their gender identity or the way they're dressing i grew up being relentlessly bullied um every day just beat up every day after school you know from if it went followed me from elementary school people asking me if i wanted to be a boy and i'd be like no you know in, in elementary school and then the bullying followed me all the way to high school until one day i just kind of snapped and beat up my bully and then everyone kind of labeled me as the loose cannon so you know it took me really really snapping for people to start Uh, recognizing that um, I'm going to do what I need to do to feel comfortable with myself. And I don't really care what anyone else thinks I'm going to do what I need to do. Right. And that's the same kind of passion that I feel about standing up for people who who are on their own journey as well.
0: Well, let's talk about your journey. So you wanted to tell
1: your story basically about your transition. So go ahead. Well, yeah, I pretty much just wanted to touch, you know, and and I've been in transition for about three years. I just wanted to kind of include this little snippet for to let people know to that you know there's there are young trans men who who come in and get their hair cut by me, and they've voiced feelings of feeling uh, hopeless, and their or their mom and dad or their sister or whatever doesn't support them, and I've I'm just telling them like I just stay telling people you gotta love yourself first, and you got you gotta be selfish. You have to make a point to be selfish if you want to see yourself through this. People are going to abandon you, even the people that you thought would always be there. The last people you would expect to abandon you are going to go, and then the last people you expect to be there for you are going to be there for you. You can't count anything out. So I chose to come out um, right after barber school, and right I chose to come out right after Trump had been elected to make a point. Uh, my parents are um, strong Uh, Trump supporters, and um, me being uh, honoring me, I wanted to really make a point to them. But you had thought about it forever. I had thought about it for about, I had thought about it for about a year prior. About so about, I thought about coming out and telling people I'm a dude. So but going
0: through with it because you had already kind of in your mind had known. Yeah, and this
1: was just about making the the scary public uh, declaration and letting people know.
0: And be like, you know what, I'm, I'm not going to hide anymore. That
1: was the scariest part, was just coming out and fearing the public backlash and fearing, you know, um, some of my best friends to stop talking to me because all of a sudden their husbands got uncomfortable with us hanging out. And, you know, that's just the weirdest feeling. But, um, yeah, I definitely think that it's a worthwhile thing to just stay true to you. And even if you're feeling like everything's hopeless, you just have to keep going and trust, trust the process. Right. You know, and so... Um, yeah, it's, it's been, it's been a wake up call for me, but my transition was the hardest, but most worthwhile thing I've ever done in my entire life. Yeah. Well, that's good. So, and, and I mean, I think that for, in my
0: experience, when I've been around you, people have accepted it, you know, and, and, and and I've been pretty supportive. I mean, we're fortunate to spend most of our time on the, on the university of Oregon campus, right. Where. not a day goes by that I don't see a transgender person walking around. I know it's, it's, you know, so so it's becoming a normal thing. And we did want to, there's, there's when people can make comedy, not just comedy, there's comedians that are obviously being assholes. And then there's jokes that we make among our friends, right? That, Oh my gosh, we have the situation now we're not going to use names, but we had the situation where we were all sitting around and we have a regular customer of ours. That is a trans man. And, He's hilarious and kind of a quiet, subdued guy. But we were talking about car insurance, and this was just a concept that I had never considered. Hmm. That he was so it was so funny. So he was <laughs> like, "He's like, yeah, I can't, I can't drive anymore." Because I was like, "Do you have a car here?" Because it's common for people at the university to just not have a car. Parking's right. too expensive. It's a, Maybe, be- it's a pedestrian. You know, city. For, yeah. So I was like, "Do you have a car here?" He's like, "Well, I did, but um, because he's from Eugene." And he, he knows who we're talking about him, but yeah. we're not going to use his name.
1: One of my favorite guys. So
0: he's like, I'm from Eugene, but here's the thing is, is that I got in a couple wrecks and I got a ticket, so my car insurance went up. It like doubled. And then it doubled again because the, na- the letter on my ID changed from an F to an M when he officially became male in the eyes of the state. Mm-hmm. And so the highest rate of car insurance is among young men. And so I was like, wait a minute. So your car insurance doubled when you became officially a male. Mm-hmm. And we, uh, we were all not laughing at, laughing with. Yeah. You know, he was laughing. And I made a joke that I, I battled it in my head. I'm like, should I make this joke? And it was a lot of times comedy's making a joke about how, how, how preposterous something is. And I said, well, the good news is that now that you're a man, you're going to make 20% more <laughs> in pay. And I thought about it and everybody laughed and I was like, "Woo!" you know, cause we do work in a barber shop. So there's things that are said that are, that are out there that kind of challenge it. But I was joking about, you know, the fact that the equal pay, you know, yeah. that, and, and it's That's just cause it's ridiculous. And I was like, and and it's just funny. And I've made a joke to you before again, where I was like, I, I basically, I battled with it in my head because we were talking and you had made some joke. We're both pretty pretty uh thick we'll just say yeah and i made a joke i was like this is terrible too but this is society standards and i said something to the effect of well it's a good thing you're male now because it's nobody gives a shit if you're fat (laughs) and so i mean it was a joke and again it's not like i'm trying to say that i mean that's
1: the there's there's it's about it's kind of more about knowing your audience and the fact that you're like you're kind of like family to me you know like i feel like you know and and in that in the at work a lot of my clients are, are like family to me yeah. as well. And I feel like it, that's a pretty familiar environment. You right. know, I feel like that is um, in a in a familiar environment like that. I think that that's definitely something that's, that's appropriate, you know. But if you were, you know, talking to strangers or whatever, then yeah, I think you and I both know that probably wouldn't well, be the move.
0: With, no, but with our friend that made the joke about the car insurance and was talking oh, about my car God. insurance. I was like, see, this is why this is comedy. What happens is when it's relatable, right? Is that it, it's something that people can, can, can learn from, can grow from, can laugh at. And what was relatable is that the world shits on you. Yep. <laughs> just straight up. The world shits on you. It doesn't matter. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. matter who you are, what you look like, what yeah. I you know, what gender you identify as the world will shit on you. Oh yeah. You know? And so when, for people like, from my perspective, a straight white male, for example, There's a lot of people that think, oh my God, we're the biggest victims. It's like, oh my, we're all victims to somebody else's judgment. It's true. And that's where we all have to kind of come to terms and be sensitive to that and there's a time and a place and there's right. a time to have thick skin and there's a time when it's okay to break down and I when think it's that, okay
1: to break down and, and hurt and hurt from your yeah. pain. And I think that vulnerability is something that's also um, vulnerability and self-accountability is also something that's really important to, to find and kind of work your way through in your transition as well. And you know um, when I told you that it's a transition for everybody, I, I mean, when I said, and some people in my, in the uh, the queer community your trans community are not going to like hear me when I say this, but um to me I mean it was a transition for me because it was a transition for everyone in my support network as well right. you know we're all in we're, we're all in transition together well I, for one I really found appreciate that it. Yeah, it's for, I feel like to say that to someone who's not in your same demographic um you know it really helps people who you want to be your allies it helps really get them on board because you are extending some grace to them and the fact that it is uncomfortable to use uh, a new pronoun on somebody that you've known your their entire life or your entire life but the fact that you know someone tries that's a that's a big that's a big deal yeah, you know, and I think that's big. Of you, you don't have to get it perfect. And like, I've talked to other other people in the community, and they feel the same way. Some some don't, but a lot of them do feel the same way when I say that um, it just matters if you try. Like it just matters if you give a shit. Right. Like you know, so, we're not you know, asking for perfection. I think that's really big of you. And again, like we're not trying
0: to say that there's a one size fits all approach.
1: No, you know, not at all. Can, it's all about can... finding the best way for you and the, and the people right. in your in your network. So yeah.
0: So I mean. I, you know, I think that there's a lot more information. Obviously, we're just kind of having a conversation here, and that's yeah. kind of what a podcast is, is. It's just really a conversation. Oh, I'm learning
1: more and more every day, about- and
0: so there's a lot of information. And I'm going to post a link to just one site. There's a ton. I mean, just hit Google. It's a powerful tool, like you had said. To, to oh me yeah, earlier. but there's a there's a link to uh, the Human Rights Council is the I think the link that I'm going to share. And there's a specific part about transgender and understanding what it is to be transgender. And I encourage people to check it out and just kind of, you know, be willing to have an open mind and to learn. And I'm glad to call you my friend. That's I wanted to say this earlier and I forgot, but the label that matters the most to me is friend, and you're my friend. and it, and I'm really proud of you, and I, I honor. I celebrate your courage and standing and being open because I think that what you have done and I've seen it firsthand is you've inspired other people to then also be comfortable and be a little bit more open about themselves.
1: It it took the longest time for me to, for me to reach my authentic self. And now that I am living in or learning to live better uh, in my authentic self, I want other people to share in that same great feeling. And that's why I became a barber is so I could help people uh, feel like they are finally looking like the person that they feel like on the inside. Sure. And um, that, that really is important to me. It's always been something important to me. And that's something that I want to continue to do for the rest of my life.
0: Yeah, it's a good profession. because, And we're so lucky. We get to talk to people from all over the world with so many
1: different backgrounds. And I learn so much about society every day. I've learned more about myself and society in the past year and a half uh, working on that campus than, you know, than... Than probably any other part of my life.
0: Yeah, it's pretty incredible. So, um, and I'm I just appreciate those kind of the the moments where there's the elephant in the room, so to speak, and that's not a fat joke. Uh, <laughs> the there's the elephant in the room that. I like it when people push through and actually talk about it. You yeah, know, instead of instead of just, of, instead just being like, going with what's, "I probably what's shouldn't say this because it's going to make somebody uncomfortable." Progress doesn't happen then.
1: No, I mean we don't find progress in our comfortable spaces. We have to get uncomfortable in right. order to find those those new frontiers and really be able to get a hold of and experience all the good things that life has to offer.
0: I just worry too when it comes to politics and actually making rights come together. I worry that when people push too hard sometimes, not, I mean... I get it though. I get why people have so much passion and want change today because right. they're just, they're fed up. They're tired of having, but to, we need
1: to be patient and we need to be watching. We change. need to watch delivery, you know, like, like any other group, like any group in the world that's trying to make any kind of societal change, um, delivery and timing is everything. Yeah. It's just tough. And you know, and
0: I understand people's frustrations if they're just like, you know what, I'm fed up and I'm not going to put up with it anymore and yeah. they need to stand up for themselves. And so I, I don't know, you know, I mean, there's no, like I said, there's not a one size, fits all approach and it's a multi-pronged approach as well yeah so
1: it but, takes... once, but once you do transcend that gap and you do see eye to eye with someone who didn't understand things before you then know then real
0: change can then happen.
1: real change happens and it's it's happened with me and clients and you and clients yes. right there in front of us exactly so um yeah you know it's it's definitely it's a brand new scary thing um and actually not that new you know but it's just been such it's, a taboo so- it's subject become for so, sub- long. so
0: much more normalized especially.
1: yeah you know and i have i i don't I, this could be stupidity or courage i don't know but i really have no fear of of being so open and it scares members i've talked to some members of the trans community who they are so afraid of how open and brash i am at times just because they're like how can you get out there and just like talk so openly about your transition and spill all your secrets and talk about even like the gory nitty gritty physical stuff and i'm just like because all it's all part of the beautiful the, the beautiful mess that is transition well
0: that's been that's how i've always been as far as when you have difficult things that you've dealt with i either make music about it or i just talk about it until i'm until my my mouth hurts from talking so much. Yeah. You know, and literally work it out. And that's something yeah. that my mom taught me, that you just have to work it out. And I mean, obviously now I talk all day long at work and then I've, my hobby is that I have a freaking podcast. I don't know how you do it. <laughs> so, because I love it, because I love people Yeah, and I love learning about people and I love helping them share their stories.
1: See, I got to go home and like recharge my extrovert batteries. I mean,
0: I'm going to take a nap after this. Oh, totally. No.
1: Ash, I I appreciate it.
0: I love you, brother. Yeah, this man, is huge. Too. You know, this is a good episode to do. And we're gonna we're gonna kinda touch back on this later and see the progress. Yeah, because it, like I said, this is a new thing for you. This yeah. is a new transition and like you said, finally feeling comfortable in your own skin is something that the the progress can now happen.
1: I you know, I spent a lot of my life really with just a lot of self hatred and not accepting myself just because other people refused to accept me. And I found that only when you accept yourself will other people start to finally get on board. Right. Um, it's it all starts with you, and you just got to make sure that you're that you come correct with yourself, uh, inter interpersonally. Right. So, so I'm going to share a link
0: about more information on understanding trans rights, and so I think it's HR, hrc.org, and that'll be in the show notes. And like always, I want to throw a shout out to my title sponsor, Oregon Cashflow Pro, OregonCashflowPro.com. You can find free money management advice to help you get to control your financial dreams. Uh, you know, thanks a lot, Ash I'm going to end this with a song by a local musician Dave Uberti, a.k.a. Edward Outward This is Will You Take a Chance all
2: right. This is where we are And this is where we've been We struggle with our problems Through all of our attempts And all that we invent Did I disappoint you Or will you take Coming out